Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to be. Luke chapter 4. So we're finally coming to stories you may recognize. I mean, the first three chapters of Luke are recognizable, and you know the manger scene story because of Christmas. But I'm talking about stories that you know. So we're going to come in to one of the stories that you know. But I'm real excited because I learned a few things uh, this week and even more things earlier this morning. And, 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 and they, well, another thing may come up in the middle of the message like last week, but I'm just excited about these nuggets, and I'm excited about how this piece goes into this piece and how this happens happened here and this happened here and then Jesus didn't say it here he wasn't here and that just blows my mind and I'm loving every minute of this so we're going to look at the text and then we're going to find the the later and then we're going to find the earlier and then we're going to put them together and then I'm going to tell you what it has to do with you and um look okay John chapter 4 verse 1 Jesus we're going to do a little bit of dissection through but that'll be just minutes all right Jesus so we know who's there full of the Holy Spirit. And that's important because you have to understand that the rest of this story happens not with a human or just with the man God, but with a Jesus who acknowledges that he cannot take what he's facing without having the Holy Spirit. And he gets the Holy Spirit because of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Luke mentions that the most times in a gospel that Jesus prays is in Luke. We find him praying before every major occasion where he's got to do something outside of his own strength. One example that I gave this morning is when Jesus has to come down and be full of grace and mercy when he doesn't feel like it, and also full of just and righteous law when he has to do both at the same time. And the example that I gave was in the 8th chapter of John. The Bible says that Jesus comes down off the Mount of Olives and he goes to the temple courts, the, the Walmart area, right? And, and, and there's all these people there, and they bring in the woman caught in the act of adultery, and he has to find all of this mercy for her, even though she's been caught in the act, but he has to also call out the undignified response of the Pharisees at the same time. And he could not take them on with any grace. What? If he wasn't filled up. And the Bible says right before that story, he came down from the Mount of Olives where we know he had been what? Praying. All right? So Jesus gets prayed up, and by prayed up, it means filled up. His tank is full of what he needs to take on what's about to happen. If you don't hear anything else, take that home with you, right? All right. Left the Jordan. We know that he was there during the baptism. That's where John the Baptist was. Ministry begins. He came from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. So don't think for a minute that the first thing Satan did was go grab him and say, me first. No, God is in control. Just like when, 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 when the Satan said, can I find somebody? I've roamed the world and didn't find anybody. How about my servant Job? Satan couldn't do anything to Job without God's permission, all right? This is all God stuff, but we're dealing with Satan in this passage. So he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Another grammatical kind of error, understanding error that we make, is we see this 40 days as something he went through to get hungry, 40 days like a fast or whatever, and then he was tempted by the devil in his weakness. Look at what the text said. He, 40 days, was what? Tempted. Ah, how many of you thought he went 40 days and then got tempted? I did, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, no, no. He was tempted for 40 days and then there was a culmination temptation, so to speak. It's just like, um, have you ever used this phrase, I reached my breaking point? 
Like, you did good at home. The kids were all, Cindy's like, what? No, 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 that's not, we're not, that's not a spouse thing. I guess it could be, all right? You, you've put up with your spouse as this and that just so long, and that one thing that wasn't a big deal, but all the other things kind of led up to it, and you broke or you snapped. Yeah, the thing just happened right there. The argument happened. The thing blew up right then. Well, think about that here. Jesus was doing good, and he was doing good, but he was being worn down, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. He was just, you know, if you scratch a place, it's not that bad right now. If I kept doing that five minutes from now, I would be uncomfortable. 20 minutes from now, I'd probably have an open wound. I'd need, you know, Nurse Ashland in the back to come, you know, sew me up. But it was not a big deal until... So you need to think about that like this. Instead of he's hungry and now he's tempted, which is important, it's a, it's a whole body. It's a whole thing, all right? He ate nothing during those days. This, I find, this is funny to me. He ate nothing for 40 days, and then the last three words, and he was hungry. Well, no, duh. Thanks, Luke. One of your more observant moments right there, all right? But he says that for us to understand that Jesus, although he was God, he was man. His body was just like yours and mine. It worked this way, stomach, spleen, pancreas, all right? He was hungry, all right? The devil said to him, if, big word there, happens twice, if you are the son of God. Here's the problem. They're in the wilderness. Who else is there? God. But is there anybody else? No. So you got God and Jesus and the devil. They're all there, but Guess what all three of them know? He's the son of God. Why do you need the word if? He, he is. He's actually saying, in your weakness, don't you need something to, don't you need to prove thyself? Don't you need something? Don't you need to flex a little bit? You've been beaten down. But he, it also preps us for the other if we'll see. Because everybody here knows who he is. Well, if you're the son of God, hey, let's just take care of this hunger thing. And he targets, all right? Let's take care of this hunger thing. Turn the stones into bread, right? Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. What do you need to learn from this slide right here? You don't need to learn that you have to memorize everything. You don't need to learn that you have to know exactly what's coming. Here's what you need to know. The only way to combat the temptation of the devil is the word of God. The only way to combat the temptation of the, word of, uh, of, the, of the devil is the word of God. You'll never do it on your own merit. You'll never do it on your own standing. You're not going to do it because I preached the right sermon. You're not going to do it by being in the right place at the right time. The only way, and the only way to get the word of God is to spend time in it. Thy word I have treasured in my heart. What? That I might not sin against you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When the darkness hits, the light cannot overcome. The darkness cannot overcome the light. The light shines through the darkness. The only way to be prepared is to know the word of God. Write it down. Take it home. Learn it. Live it. Love it. I'm just in the intro. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all of the kingdoms of... This is an important word in this phrase. Because we're still thinking about the devil who has known both kingdoms, right? Jesus, who he came from heaven, known both kingdoms, right? And, and, and God is in all kingdoms, right? Showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. All the kingdoms of the world. I think it would be even better if it said of this world. Because this temptation is 
confined, and in its confinement is its problem. See, the devil wanted him to be concerned about what he could see, what was right here and right now, all right? I will give you all their authority and their splendor as it's been given to me. I can give it to anyone I want to you. Worship me and it will all be yours. And Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There are pleasures and treasures throughout this world. And in our finite knowledge, sight, sound, hearing, bound by the senses of being human, and humans are the most amazing thing he ever created. But in our finiteness, we cannot fathom what is beyond. We know because we've taught it and you've nodded that we are aliens and strangers, that this world is not our home. But the temptation here is that everything that I can see, I can command. You've seen this in the movies, right? The world is mine. Rome, listen, they conquered what they knew. The world that they could see. But did Rome actually conquer the world? No, they conquered the world as they knew it. But there was a whole rest of this big giant ball. And guess what? In this instance, there is so much more beyond what we can see. That's important. The devil led him to Jerusalem to stand on the highest point of the temple. Here it is again. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Jump. Go ahead. Jump. For it is written, he will command the angels concerning you. So he throws scripture at him. And they will lift up your hands so that your foot will not strike against the stone. Jesus said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now that's kind of an odd, you know, comeback. It works. It's there. But it's a little bit odd. Why? What? What is the test here and why is it God's test and not Jesus' test? And we could get as as theologically sound as, well, God is Jesus and Jesus is God, so it's God's test, but he is talking about God, his Father. He's talking about him as not separate from himself, but different from himself. So why that? And here it is. What's the difference between the first if and this if? It's location. Where are they? They're at the temple of Jerusalem. What is right outside the temple of Jerusalem? The temple courts. What, is the, what are the temple courts full of? People. If he throws himself off, it's going to be a really, really cool spectacle. Everybody is not just going to know who he is. They're going to see the angel swoop in. He's going to fall from mega heights down into this crowd and then be snatched back up. It's going to be awesome. It really, it's going to be cool. And actually, that's part of the problem with this temptation that we're going to get to later. What was the deal? I mean, if the world knows who Jesus is, that is a good thing. If you say that sentence just like that, if the world knows Jesus, that's a good thing, right? If they recognize he's the Messiah, that's a good thing, right? This is where I get what I always preach. You can do good things that are not God things. It comes from right here. Do not test God. Do not put the will of God to the test. His ways are higher than our ways. What even seems good to us may not be righteous for him. And when the devil had finished all this, he left him until an opportune time. Listen to me. Later in the Bible, it says, resist the devil, and what happens? He will flee. It's not a poem. It's not a line. It is exactly what happens. 
When Satan meets the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit of God does what he does, Satan is always driven away. Ask the demonic man. Ask the pigs. Ask the people who no longer have the pigs. Always. Now, this is going to get cool. Okay, so this whole Bible connects to Bible, connects to Jesus, not just because he says, but because he is, all of it working together, gets really fun here. I have preached this passage before, all right, even here, and I talk about those three temptations of Jesus not just being uh, very specific, like hunger and, and desire, but they're actually a, a, a group. They're like a, a classification of sin that we all face. Well, turns out there are theologians who believe that too. Uh, I heard a sermon by Andy Stanley that kind of outlined them, and I changed them a little bit, including the, the middle one, or last one, good things, not God things. But I, I, I named them a certain way, but I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to tell you later, because they all fold in together, and, and mine's more, well, practical, because that's how I am. You know, this level, the theologians are up here, and it's really cool, but they didn't even come up with it. The Bible. Hold on. Okay, so watch this. 1 John. So this is 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and the Revelation. That's the last five books of the Bible. So this is the end. This is the epistles. This is writing way down the road from when Jesus was alive. 60, 90, 100 years, depending on, you know, what book through there, all right? 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Look, 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 look. Everything in the world. Everything of this world, right? And then it gives us a list. And then it says, comes not from the Father, but from the world. Do you see the list? How many things are on the list? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Okay, you could also think of that as the pride that comes from having this life. From being the great creation of God. You know, when we think we're better than we are, we're cooler than we are, we can make more and do more than we are, the pride of life is lack of humility in who you really are. What Peter felt when he was next to God compared to what we feel when we compare ourselves to each other, that's the pride of life. Watch this. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, right? So the three, there are three classifications here, okay? Watch this. Very beginning. Very, very beginning right? First time there is God, there is man, there is woman, and we see temptation or the things of this world appear and be offered to someone. When the woman, we're not going to argue about the man did, the woman did, the man didn't, the woman didn't. That's not for today. There's a lot to learn here, but we don't have time to do that. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree, ready? When she saw what he offered, right here, sin, temptation, it was good for food, pleasing to the eye. This is in order, people. And desirable for gaining wisdom. Lust of the flesh, physical desire. Lust of the eyes, pleasing to the eye. Desire for the material gain, what we can see before us and desirable for gaining wisdom, gathering unto myself the gifts of God so that I become greater and he becomes less. The problem is the Bible says he must become 
greater. I must become less. Humility are gifts of the Spirit. Pride is the opposite. So what we have here is the epistles telling us there are three types of sins. And then we have, you can see from the very beginning that overcoming these three types of sins are the problem. And then, go figure, when Jesus comes, he doesn't say it. He what? Goes through it. Watch this. If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to turn to bread. What need would that meet? This. His hunger. So, the type, the classification of temptation number one is lust, desire of the flesh to meet bodily needs. Okay? That's the first one. Let me, let me make it simpler for you. These are your physical, emotional, sexual desires. All of them. Things to make my body feel better, feel pleasure, not feel pain. Okay? That's what that is. All right? It's classification number one of temptation. The desire of the physical body. Here's how I classified it when I preached it the first time. Choosing the physical needs over the spiritual needs. Temptation number one, choosing our physical needs over or in place of or before. Let me get the Christians. Before, oh, I do that, yeah, but not first. And we'll make excuses as to why we did this so that we still feel good about this, right? Choosing our physical needs before or above or over our spiritual needs, all right? Let's go to the next one. Took him to a high place, and here's he says, I will give you all of their authority, all of their splendor. It's all been given to me, and I will give you everything I want. So he shows him material gain out before him. Listen, on this, of this world, okay? Here's what this is. This is lust of the eyes. What we can see, ready for this? What we can imagine. And I'm not saying imagine making it up. I'm going to tell you exactly what I mean by this. Have you ever done this? And this is a confession. I'm also going to use the opposite of this later, but listen to me. We all know that Kentucky has a lottery, right? But us good Baptists don't really talk about it or think about it too much, right? All right? And nobody's talked about it in weeks, and I, nobody's even mentioned it, and, and I can tell you exactly why, all right? Because about three weeks ago, somebody won it. But about five weeks ago, it was about $560 million. And I, I, I'm going to tell you straight up, when I pass a sign, I don't even pay any attention, but when I pass a sign and it's over $500 million, something happens inside me. And I watch. And the next day it's 5.30. And I'm like, Ugh! it starts at 20 and it's jumping. The next day it's 5.80. I think it got up this time to like 720 million. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. Right about 600 million, I, I, when I drive, I'm figuring out what I'm going to do with the money. Is there anybody else in this room who can raise their hand and say, I make a list when it gets real big. I start making a list. Anybody? Oh, we got, we got like four honest people in the room, and the rest of y'all need to confess. 
Now, I'm right about 600 million, I'm like, oh, I got 10 bucks just to see. I ain't gonna lie. I got 10 bucks just to see. Here's my problem. When I make my list, when I make my list, you ready for this? This is a true story. I struggle to get past about 11 or 12, 15 million. Of all the things that I want to do and all the things that I want to give and all the things that I want to help and all the ministries that I want to take care of, I struggle right about 11 to 15 million with what am I going to do with the rest? Let's let's take it even bigger. If you win $690 million, you take home about $400 million, right? You know what the first thing that's going to happen is? You suckers are going to have to figure out what to do with $200 million. That's the first thing that's going to happen. NBC is going to get $200 million. And then we're all going to have to go, what do we do to hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're buying a snowblower. Here's the thing. If let, let me just let me just y'all lift your toes up off the floor for a minute. Here's the thing. If you make that list and you you all have made it more than once, I have too. I, Jamie can tell you what's on it. I can tell you what we, we we know what we do. If you made that list and don't rearrange it, if you've always made it and you think about it right now and you thought about it when I said it, if the first 17 or 18 things are all about you, you're doing it wrong. And I'm, I'm going to go one step deeper. If your paycheck's the same way, you're doing it wrong. And money is one of your things. We're going to get to that in a minute. Okay? We're going to start the opposite way because money's not, not one of the things for me. It, it's not. In fact, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I, all of you know this. It's not a secret. And if we were a mega church, it would not happen this way, but we're not. Men's ministry comes in. $27 in the plate for that morning. They come, they hand it to me. I put it in an envelope in my office. Tithe comes in. Nobody's here to deal with it. Carolyn's still not here. It goes in some envelopes, goes in my desk drawer. I come in on Monday morning. I don't want to pay anybody else to do it, so I write it out, put it in, so the accountant got it on Tuesday. And nobody says a word and nobody cares. Why? Because it's, it's documented. People know it. I, it's not a temptation for me. You could put Cabela magazines in there. I don't care a bit about a Cabela magazine. And they'd probably get more attention than that money. Just not a temptation. Now, food? One of the reasons I don't have money is because Whole Foods Kroger and Fresh Market exist. Now, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm getting a little preacher pooch. We all know that, well, you know. Been, it's been there for about five years now since after I met a beautiful woman, got married, and, you know, that was the end of it. Now I'm like, hey, hey. all right. But listen, some days I just need to learn that that, that, that batch of fresh spinach 
is $3. And that box of frozen spinach is 69 cents. And if I'm going to feed eight people that come over, I'm going to need four batches of that fresh spinach. Do you know why? Because something miraculous happens when you put that fresh spinach in a pot. It was this big when you put it in. You put the lid on, stir it around, take it off. You're like, where'd my spinach go? And your $12 worth of spinach is now 12 cents worth of spinach. But if you buy the box and put it in a pan and unfreeze it, your, your $2.50 worth of spinach is now $25 worth of spinach. I need to learn that stuff. See what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not gluttonous in that way. But I, 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 and gluttony is not, not the issue here. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if I want to know what I need to work on, let's focus on things that, I, that are actually right there on my, on my American Express card, on my bill. When I tell you all, if you want to know how much you love Jesus, check your checkbook. I'm, I'm checking it right now. You're going to find, if you look at mine, and, and I said, I need, if I said, Steve Celine, I need help with my finances. You know what one of the first things Steve Celine is going to do? He's going to say, you are limited to one trip to Kroger a week. And I'm going to say, what am I going to do the other five days? Because the people at Kroger know me. If I don't show up for a day, the lady goes, you didn't whistle yesterday. There's a lady in there that does that. Jamie's been in there with me, like twice. But then one time the lady said, where's your whistler? I was like, she's with me. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Guys. What you can see, lust of the sight, this is, okay, this is how I phrased it. You ready? Choosing material wealth over spiritual wealth. Choosing being wealthy on earth for being wealthy in heaven. It's the two talents, the five talents, the one talent, doing all you can with what God has for you and not hoarding up or storing treasures for yourself. It's the bigger barns. It's what can I gain here? Tonight your soul will be demanded of you. You can build it all up here, but it's all going away if you believe that there's more. Choosing your, spirit, your, 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 your material desires over your spiritual desires. Lust of what you can see, what your mind can fathom. Lastly, if you are the Son of God, and I told you the difference was people, all right? If you are the Son of God, throw yourself off. And here's the idea there. This is pride of this world. Show the world how good you are. Here's the problem. Takes the focus off where it's supposed to be and puts it on you. This is why people want to argue about Old Testament, New Testament rules and regulations. We've done it in here. When God says you, you have to cut your hair, you should cover your head, or you should wear not wear gold or not wear pearls, all right? Paul's not talking about pearls. I mean, he is, but he isn't. All right, and I've said this before. He's talking about halter tops and miniskirts. He's talking about are you making yourself look good so as to draw the attention of the people in this room to you when worship should be a place where all the attention is focused on God. That's exactly what is going on here. Don't test God. Don't test his will. Don't test his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. Are you jumping off to, to show Pride of life, look who I am. Or is all of the focus when he finishes on the fact that God got him through and then the devil has to what? Leave. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't claim victory by being victorious himself. Jesus claims victory here by obeying God and then God takes over and Satan runs.
What does that have to do with us? You don't have to sit there and worry about this, 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 this. Let me tell you something. When it comes to embezzlement, that kind of thing, don't worry about it. It is not a gene, a chromosome. It's not in me. I could be in debt $100,000, and you can leave money in there. It's just not. But I probably should not take any of my, my lottery winnings, all right, and start shopping at Whole Foods and Fresh Market only. Because even though I love the food there, I just my spinach is now $4 instead of $2.69. My fish is now $7.99 instead of $3.99, all right? And I'm, now I'm probably going to just buy haddock instead of tilapia, so it's $20.99. You see what I'm saying? That stuff I have to be careful about. Let me explain it another way that I've explained it before. If gluttony is your problem, the buffet's not your place. Well, Craig, what if, no, don't, don't what if me. That's the end. Listen, if alcohol is your problem, the bar's not your place. If sexuality is your problem, Hooters, Platinum, Diamond Club down the street, I don't even know, thank God, that ain't your place. Well, I'm going to win people to Jesus. No, you're going to lose something. Period. What can I tell you? If we were all honest in here and had to stay up and stand up and say our things, it would, not, nobody would, everybody's like, oh, no. But if we did, at least we could protect each other from them, couldn't we? If we did, the people around you would know how to protect you, couldn't they? But here's the problem. Some of us are in a place where we're like, I really want to do better, but if I were honest, I also want to be tempted. Because that occasional fail is, mm -hmm. Are we being honest? You're falling on all three if you're there. Here's why. Lust of the flesh, what you want. Lust of the sight, what you see going on around you and how you can manipulate it. Making excuses. And pride of life, as if you have some kind of power to choose when it's okay and when it's not. When God says, Here's what's okay, and here's what is not. Well, Craig, do you have some magical advice for us when we face these temptations? Nope. Well, is there a way to stop them? Nope. Does the Bible provide us a way? Yep. Three things. Number one, pray continually. Pray continually. Well, Craig, you don't mean continually. I pray, pray continually. Jesus was always praying, and in his prayer, he was connected to God, and when he was connected to God, that never-ending river of, of, of flowing water of life flows into him, and he takes on every situation, what? Full of the Holy Spirit. So it's not my will, but thine be done. Why? Because I am gone. He is here. I have been crucified with Christ. I don't live, but Christ lives me. There's a hundred places this connects in the scripture. Empty you, fill up with Jesus, you're golden. Number two, what did Jesus use? He used the scriptures. As the deer pants for the water, my soul longs for you. I want to eat, drink, and understand. Morning, noon, and night, I will seek your face. Read and understand the scriptures. Thy word I treasure in my heart. Then I, what? Will not sin against you. And Socrates said this, know thyself. Be gut honest with you 
and with some other people about what your thing is. Let, let's be clear. I, I, when, I, when I get with those people and they know my thing, it ain't a thing. It's about six things. I need to be careful of this, this, this. I've said it up front. I've said it up front to you guys. I have to be careful with lust and pride. Those are the two monsters in my personal spiritual closet. I'm not hiding it. I've never hidden it. But because I know that and you know that, I got a lot of people watching out. So I'm less concerned. All right? Those are my things. Don't, please don't take advantage of that. Please don't hoard that over me. Just help me walk through those things and resist the devil. If we resist him, we don't have to beat him, punch him, kick him, kill him. We have to resist him. And what happens? He runs away. Monty Python, run away. Okay? Pray. Read. Fill up. Spiritual gas station. <laughs> Sorry. I just thought of a joke, you BP. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, no, I wish I could tell that joke, but it's not dirty. I just don't have time. Ask Rick. All right. So. Oh, it's clean. I just, it hit me because I said fill up <laughs> gas. Okay. Pray. Read the scriptures. Know what your things are. Know how God's going to hit you. Understand that they're all going to fall into those categories. Be ready. Be ready. I'm going to finish with the word. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide for you a way out so that you can stand up under it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You're welcome. I knew you were waiting. Like, is he going to say it? It's not up there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You will be tempted. God will be there. Whether you make access to him or not is up to you. But when you do, he won't always remove the temptation. He won't always open the door, but he will open a window. He will always provide a way out. It may not be what you think. Okay? Church, I love you. I appreciate you. I want to pray for you, and when I say amen, we're out of here. All right? God, thank you for everybody in this room. Thank you for everybody who's watching uh, on Facebook Live. Thank you for everybody who couldn't be with us. God, we cannot wait till we can all join together again. But until then, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be pleasing unto you. Lead God and protect us. Call us to prayer with you. Send us into the scriptures you would have us read for each and every one of our hearts. And provide us with your Holy Spirit to protect us in Jesus' name. Amen.